all of our guests with us. We appreciate you being with us today. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. I see two of my guests that I invited here today. I'm glad to have them with me. Amen. Praise God. Happy birthday, Eric. Oh, man, young man. Eric Atwood, I used to beat him all the time shooting pool. That's how I'm trying to get him saved by shooting pool with him. Beat him. Next game we're going to play, we're going to bet. We're going to make a bet, Eric. I win. You got to get saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, and preach the gospel. You win. You just got to get saved, filled with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Either way, we got to be saved. Amen. Praise God. All right, Acts 2 <clears throat> and verse um, 36 is where we're starting. Okay, 36 through 41. Okay, you have that? Yes, sir. Let's read together. Ready, read. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know surely that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of the Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that good? Yes. Glory to God, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. I got theme music playing. The Holy Ghost must have got excited. He wanted us to dance about that. Praise God. Verse 39, keep going. For the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off as many as the Lord our God will call, verse 40 and 41. And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Verse 40 again says, And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Be saved from this perverse generation. All right, we're going to continue to talk about turnover part four. You may take your seats today. Praise the Lord. We've been talking about turnover all this year. This is our fourth Sunday in this here. And um, I don't know how long we'll go with this particular subject, but I know the, the theme, whereas we're looking for souls to be saved, uh, God's going to, that's not going to stop ever, I don't think. Amen? Because God wants people saved. Amen? In fact, he made a, 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 a statement to us uh, concerning, first of all, his son, Jesus Christ, but it applies to us, too, in, in Psalm number 2, verse 8. Psalm number 2, verse 8, the Lord says, Ask of me, and I will give you the heathen, or the nations, as your inheritance, and the ends of the earth for your possession. Amen. And so God says, You ask me, and I'll give you that. So you don't have to beg God for that. You can just simply ask God for that. And so you can ask God for uh, the ends of the earth or the things, the substance of this earth as your possession. And that's good news, isn't it? Yes, and we can have really whatever we want to on this planet. Isn't that right? But more importantly, the first thing he said was, ask of me and I will give you the nations or the heathen or the people for your inheritance. For your inheritance. So we said this last week that more than things, we want people. 
Isn't that right? We want people. We want people because we know that things are only temporary. Isn't that right? Things are passing away. I don't care what you amass in this life. The Bible says, what, what Jesus said, what would a profit a man if he gained the whole world? Come on. And lose his soul. So things are going to pass away. I don't care what, how big a house you build. I don't care how, how many cars you have in your garage. I don't care how, what, what kind of fancy clothes and purses and shoes and sunglasses you have. All that's going to pass away. Amen? You can't take it to the grave with you. You can't take it to heaven. You won't need it in heaven. You get to heaven, you're going to look back at all that other stuff we had on earth and say, what was that junk? You hear what I'm saying? I don't care if you have a $100 million mansion. When you get to heaven, you're going to say, that was junk. You can drive a Bentley and a Rolls Royce, but get to heaven and say, that was junk. You understand? Now, it's nice on earth. Now, don't get me wrong. Let's, let's, not, let's not pretend like we don't like that stuff now. Right, we are talking about opulence and prosperity. God wants us to have it. All right? And so, but we're not, we're not concerned so much with things. We're concerned with people. Because here's the truth, ladies and gentlemen. Y'all, you want a key to prosperity? I say, y'all want a key to prosperity? If you go after people, God will make things go after you. Y'all didn't like on this side. If you go after people, God will cause things to come after you. Matthew 6, verse 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these, all these things shall be added to you. So God doesn't have a problem with you having things. What he wants you is go for the, to do is go for the people. You read it, in fact, you read it, read it in your own town today, Luke chapter 8, and you'll see where Jesus Christ is. He's going along in ministry, and he's out there reaching people. We're out there reaching people. The Bible says people will come along and minister to him of their substance. So in other words, things would always come in, into Jesus' hands. Jesus had plenty of things. Jesus wasn't poor. He wasn't broke. He was rich. People brought him things. They gave him substance. Why? Because he was going after people. All right. Y'all going to do me like that again? I'll quit this message right now. I'm just, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I got to answer to God, so I can't, I can't just quit. I was just kidding, Lord. Praise the Lord. All right, so since, since, since we know that things are temporary and souls are eternal, now remember, God knows that and Satan knows that. And like I told you last week, there's a battle going on for the souls, Okay. Souls, that's people. Now, we read the scripture last Sunday, uh, e Ezekiel chapter 18 and verse 4. If you get them on the screen for me, please. Ezekiel chapter 18 and verse 4. There's a big statement here. The very first, first clause of that statement, what does it say? Behold, come on. All right, so who's talking here? God. So God says, behold, look, check this out, y'all. All souls are mine. Now, what does all mean and with your deep? All. All means all. It includes everybody and excludes nobody. So that means whether you're black, you're part of all. Whether you're white, you're part of all. Whether you're Hispanic or, 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 or uh, Oriental, you're part of all. Whether you're European, you're part of all. Whether you're straight, you're part of all. Whether you're gay, you're part of all. Whether you're an alcoholic, you're part of all. Whether you're sober, you're part of all. Whether you're a pimp or a prostitute, you're part of all. All souls belong to God. You understand that? Did God say that? So let's not argue with God here. All souls are God's. Now here's the problem. Not all souls are serving God. Okay? And that's what God wants us to fix. 
There's a battle for the souls of men here. So since all souls are his, then what Father God wants is his family back. You remember what happened in Genesis chapter 3? After God had created uh, the world, after God had created the Garden of Eden, then God created man and God put man in the garden, right? Is that right? God put man in the garden and man was serving God, Adam and Eve, serving God. The Bible says they fellowship in what we call the cool of the day. So God and Adam and Eve would just hang out. They'd just talk. How you doing? Good. How you doing, God? I'm doing good. What's going on in heaven? Man, it's all gravy. What's going on on earth? It's all gravy. I got everything under control. Right? They, they, were, they were talking God to God. Is that right? Is that right? They were talking God to God. God, capital G-O-D, the God of the universe. Man was lowercase G-O-D, or is lowercase G-O-D, the God of this earth. Oh, I sh- let me go back and say was. Because when, when Adam got over and got too big for his britches, Adam and Eve, they got over in the sin. Y'all know the story, right? Got over in the sin, and they lost authority. So then the Bible says that Satan became the God of this world. That's what Jesus called him, the God of this world. Okay? Jesus called him the prince of the world. Paul comes on later and calls him the God of this world. Okay? But they used to fellowship. So what happened, because of that sin coming in, uh, God and his son, Adam, were separated. And so everybody born on this planet was born into sin, shaped in iniquity. So although all the souls are gods, this, uh, belong to God when I'm saying are gods, uh, possessive, that all the souls are not serving God. And so what God did, what he sent, he sent uh, his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, who your Bible calls the last Adam, also calls him the second man to get his family back. You understand? Uh, how, I mean, we, we, we grieve for, for Adam. Man, that must have been tough on Adam to, you know, be cast out of the garden and lose his position, to lose his fellowship with God. But don't forget how hard it was on God. Come on, parents. How would you feel if your child left home? Okay, let me put it. How, how, let's, let's, let's change that. Let's change that. How would you feel if, if you had to put your child out? If you had to. Now, don't, don't just look straight ahead. Don't look at your child. Don't be... Roll your eyes. I'm talking about just look straight ahead. If you had to put your child out because they was cutting up, cutting the food. I mean, they want to fight you and all that kind of stuff. Going to cuss you out and, you know, smelling their own musk and all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean. If you, you got to put them out, now you, you mean it. You mean it. Get out of my house. You got to go and make your own way. But when they leave, you're like, oh, Lord. Tell the truth. I don't care. I don't care how off the chain they get because they're your child. You still love them with everything you have. They might be gone for two years and every day you praying, Lord, bring my child back home. Lord, take care of my son. That boy, he's so hard-headed, but Lord, take, don't let nothing happen to my boy, baby. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I know this is true. So children, young people, don't make them put you out. Because I'm authorizing all parents to put your kids out if you have to. All right. But they will be praying for you. They will be praying for you. Praise the Lord. But you got to go pay your own rent. 
So I want you to understand just, just the heart of God, that although God had to put Adam out of his garden, God's heart is grieved because he loves Adam. He loved Eve. He loved his creation. It grieved God to have to do that. So he sent Jesus Christ because he wants his family back. Come on, tell the truth. Parents, same scenario. If you put that child out and three years later that, you, that child, you find that child and, you, and they say, Mama, I, I want to come home. I want to. Okay, you don't, y'all don't. Okay, it's in the Bible. Luke chapter 15. Luke 15, that story of what we call the prodigal son, this is that same story. That that son left, went out there and spent all his father's money and was living wild and, and crazy and reckless and loose and all that kind of stuff. What the Bible calls riotous living. But when that son decided I'm going back home, that dad was looking for him. Where's my boy? And the Bible says when, when, the, when the father saw the son afar off, the father took off running, ran to the son. Wrapped his arms around that dirty old boy and said, come on home, boy, I love you. And that boy said, Father, I'm not worthy to be called your son. And the dad, no, 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 shut up, shut up, shut up, son. Don't you say that. You're my son. You're my boy. I know you've been acting a fool, but you still are. You are my child. You belong to me. See, I want to see, people have, have an erroneous idea and image of God. They think God is... This, no, God loves you so much. God loves people so much. I'm going to show you here in scripture if y'all give me time. So that son came home and the Bible says, the, the dad said, go, go get, get him a robe. Right? Put a ring on his finger. He said, put some sandals on his feet. And he said, and get the fatted calf. That fatted calf means there was a calf the father had been getting ready looking for a son to come home. It's kind of like, like if, if your child left and you still make a plate, a, a place at the table for them. I wish I had two or three witnesses. You still, you still are, are keeping their room ready because I know one day my child is going to come to sisters and come back home. That's how God is. God, his love never changes because all souls are his. All right? Glory to God. Now, so God wants his family back. Everybody say, God wants his family back. Tell your neighbor, God wants his family back. Now, all right, so although people then are serving the devil, their souls belong to God. You understand this? This is how it was. I want to show you this here in, for the children of Israel. Go to Exodus, please, in Exodus chapter 1. Glory to God. Let me try to pick this up. I'm going to try to do that today. Y'all work with me now. Y'all handled me rough on Wednesday. I'm going to give you a chance to make up for it this morning. Exodus, I'm in Genesis. Exodus chapter 1. Y'all threw me all around the church on, on Wednesday. <laughs> Glory to God. Slapped me all upside my head on Wednesday. Exodus chapter 1, are you there? Verse 8. Now there arose a new king, a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. Okay, let me give you a quick, quick uh, theological lesson here. When it says a new king, this new king is Pharaoh, right? Pharaoh always is representative of Satan through scripture. Okay? And then it says over Egypt. Egypt is always, always representative of the world. Joseph is a uh, type and shadow of Christ, of Jesus. All right? So you understand the scenario here. 
So there arose Satan over the world who did not know Jesus. You understand? Okay, now, verse 13. Verse 13. Now, the children of Israel were there. At first, they were there freely. But watch verse 13. So the Egyptians, under King Pharaoh, under Pharaoh here, made the children of Israel, God's people, serve with rigor, okay, or harshness. Verse 14, and they made their lives what? Bitter with hard bondage. This is what the devil does. The devil tricks people into coming out there and serving him. But you're being led out into hard bondage in mortar, in brick, and in all manner of service in the field. <laughs> all their service in which they made them serve was with rigor. Y'all got it? Now, you know, if you know the story, if you know your Bible, what happens is God uh, raises up a young man by the name of Moses. Okay? And God sends Moses back into Egypt after, after Moses had left. He had been, lived there and left. And God sends him back into Egypt because he needs, needs a Pharaoh, Satan, he's to let my people go. <laughs> Y'all got it? He needs Pharaoh to do what? So if you know the story, if you've watched the movies on TV, if you've read, read it in a little, little storybook, the, the, the words that, that Moses was always to tell Pharaoh was Pharaoh, God said, let my people go. Now, in, in, in Pharaoh's eyes, those were his people because he had made them slaves. They were serving him. But in God's eyes, y'all work with me here today. He said, tell Pharaoh to let my they're serving you, Pharaoh, but let my. You understand this here? They're serving the devil out there drinking and smoking and cussing and flipping and tipping, but God is telling us to go out there and tell the devil, let my. Let them go. Remember, they're in bondage. They can't go on their own. You're trying to figure out how people are in sin, how people live in all that kind of mess, and why won't they just stop? They can't just stop. They're being made to serve. Did I see that in the scripture? Did I see that in the scripture in verse 13? Verse 13. So the Egyptians made the children of Israel serve with rigor. In verse 14. And they made their lives bitter. How in the world they stay in that abusive relationship with that old man who beating them up and all that kind of stuff? Because they're being made to serve. I'm going to clap for myself. They're being made to serve. Why won't she leave? Why won't he leave? They're being made. Why won't he just stop smoking all that marijuana? He's being made to serve. And it says, with bitter hard bondage, with hard bondage. So when you're in bondage, you can't just leave. Somebody has to come and set you free. That's why the Bible says God raised up a deliverer in Moses. God has raised you up as a deliverer in, out here in this land to go and set people free. And when you set them free, remember what God's message was every time. He said, go in there and tell Pharaoh, I said, let my people go. Let me give you an example. Now, how many of y'all, you grew up on the Bible, you know, you know this story here. How many plagues were there? 
Y'all were slow about that. How many plagues were there? Y'all were thinking. Y'all were like, one, let me see. Y'all was, let me see, there was the fish, there was the frogs and the lice. And Carry the one. Let me see. Okay. <laughs> Ten plagues, right? Ten plagues, right? Every time, okay, let, let me look at just, for example, the first plague. In first plague, uh, look at chapter, chapter 7, verse 14. The first plague is where the waters become blood. Verse 14. So the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hard. He refuses to let the people go. Look at verse 16. He says, and you shall say to him, the Lord your God of the Hebrews has sent me to you saying what? Let my people go. Let my people go. Now watch the next part. That they may serve me. Oh, boy, y'all eyes opening to this here. This is the same story you've known since you were a little kid. But he says here, because uh, God knows they're his people. That didn't, that didn't change. But they were serving Pharaoh. So he said, I want you to tell them, let my people, my people go that they may serve me. Because my people can't serve me when they're serving you. I'll get to that here in a minute. It's impossible. So you have to let them go that they may serve me. Oh, God. Chapter 8. Chapter 8. Just, I'm going to give you just one more example. I don't have time for many more, but you can go through all ten of them in your own time. Chapter 8, verse 1. Chapter 8, verse 1. This is when the second plague, this is going to be the frogs, right? Chapter 8, verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses. This is what he said. Go to Pharaoh and say to him, thus says the Lord. Here it is again. Let my people go that they may serve me. Now, okay, let's deal with this. So obviously, this is just basic understanding. They're not serving him. But he said, my people. All them heathens. See, we got we got we got to really adjust how we see people and how we deal with people because if we have this condescending, judgmental, critical, um, condemning mindset toward people, you can't reach people who you're condemning. You can't free people who you're judging. You can't deliver people who you're criticizing. I have to see them. As God's people trapped in bondage to the enemy. Because when I see them like that, I see them, wait a minute. You, 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 my brother trapped inside that body right there. That's my sister trapped. Is this helping two or three of y'all? You see? And so, so then you stop beating people up. Oh, may the love of God just begin to abound in us. May the love and compassion of God just begin to abound in our hearts. And we start seeing people with the heart of God. We start seeing people with, through the eyes of God. And start seeing people with compassion and love and kindness and tenderness. And an understanding of our assignment. 
not to whip them, but to win them. They're already getting whipped. If you understand what, if you know, you all know this story. Okay, here, here's, here's, here's more evidence. I don't have time to go into it, but you can, you can search through the scriptures. You get to uh, chapter 4, and God uh, sends uh, Moses down there, and they're talking to Pharaoh and everything. He said, hey, you know, uh, first of all, Moses went to the people. Oh, Jesus. I'm, I'm not going to cover all this today. I don't think I don't know what's happening. Um, Look, look at chapter, chapter 4, verse 29. Oh, Jesus. 429. Then Moses and Aaron went and gathered all the elders of the children of Israel. Now, the elders of the children of Israel, they're all serving the, the enemy, right? And Aaron spoke all the words which the Lord had spoken to Moses. Then he did signs in the sight of the people. So they did signs and wonders and miracles, all right? And so the people believed. And when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel and that he looked on their afflictions, then they bowed their heads and worshiped. Oh, all right, we're going to be free. Now look at chapter 5, please. Chapter 5, after Moses goes to Pharaoh now, now Pharaoh says, who you think you is? This is, this is, this, I'm, I'll put it in y'all turn. Who, who, you who you think you is, right? I ain't letting no people go. Now God already knew that. God already knows that when you go to people, the devil's going to put up a fight. So don't be surprised, don't be, don't be so, you know, feeling so bad when you go and minister to people and they don't run down to the altar first time you minister to them. God already knows that Pharaoh's heart is hard and he doesn't want to let these people go. Okay? So, um, so then what happened, he made it tougher for them. Chapter 5, chapter 5, um, things got really hard. Uh yeah, well, you can start in verse 15, but we'll read verse 19, Pastor Kim. That's good. And the officers of the children of Israel saw that they were in trouble after it was said, you shall not reduce any bricks from your daily quota. What, what happened? Pharaoh and his people made it harder on them. Because they're about to be delivered. Are you, do, do you recognize what happens to people? When, see, some of y'all are like, you know what? The moment, moment I decided I was going to go to church, all of a sudden, everything stopped falling apart. Yeah, because the devil is turning the heat up. But tell your neighbor, you're going to be free. You're going to be free. Oh, if it takes my last breath, you're going to be free. I know that's bad English. That, that don't work, you know, but, in, in, in but I'm just saying, you're going you're gonna to be free. You're going to be free. All right? Okay. Okay, so again... Okay, let me go back to 8.1. I, I need to get back on track. I got a long ways. I don't, not, not all the time. Verse, chapter 8, verse 1. The Lord spoke to Moses, go to Pharaoh and say to him, thus says the Lord, let my people, let my people go that they may serve me. So people are supposed to be serving God. All people. But many of them, most of them just don't know it. They just don't know that they're supposed to be serving God. Many of them do know it. Come on, talk back to me. Come on, you know you're running to somebody who you talk to them about the Lord, and they say, I know I need to get right. Come on, tell the truth. I know I need to be back in church. I'm working on it. Be patient with me. God is not through with me yet. I don't know, 
make sure I get everything right first before I come back in church. Because I don't play with God. Y'all ever hear people, I don't play with God. That's exactly what it tells you. I don't play with God as if everybody else playing with God. I don't play with God either. But I don't play with the devil either. And the devil ain't playing. You keep playing around with him, he gonna whoop all upside your head while you ain't playing with God. While you trying to get it right before you come to the house of God. Here's a, ladies and gentlemen, y'all heard me say this a thousand times, but it bears repeating. You can't get it right before you come to God. If you could get it right, you wouldn't need God. God came because he knew you couldn't get it right. The blood was shed because you couldn't get it right. Jesus Christ died and rose again because you couldn't get it right. That's why the Holy Ghost came to this earth to help you get it right. You can't get it right without the Holy Ghost, child. You need the Holy Ghost. When, when, when we talk about come as you are, come as you are isn't about putting on shorts and sneakers and t-shirts. Come as you are means even with your wretched, raggedy lifestyle, come as you are. The blood of Jesus Christ is powerful enough to save you and cleanse you and wash you and make you brand spanking new. That's what he means when he says come as you are. I know you're a mess, come as you are. I know you're stinking, come as you are. I know you're an alcoholic, come as you are. I know you're a drug addict, come as you are. I know, I know you can't make no sense, come as you are. But if you come as you are, you will not leave how you came because one encounter with God, one encounter with Jesus, one encounter with the Holy Ghost will turn your life around. Give God a shout about it if you know what I'm talking about. Sit down. <laughs> ain't, no, ain't nobody good got saved. That ain't how this works. Ain't nobody had it all together when they got saved. It was a hot, stinking mess when you got saved. Your Bible says, Jesus said, I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners, girl. This girl used to be strung out, but God got a hold of her. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Don't tell me God won't turn your life around. Don't tell me God can't get you out of the gutter. Don't tell me God. Somebody here needs to hear me. Jesus Christ, he said, I do not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus said, I came to seek and to save that which is lost. He knows you lost. He knows you can't find your way if you had a map, GPS, and a starlight. You can't find your way. That's why he had to find me. That's why he had to find me. That's why he had to find you. Yeah. 
Sit down, y'all. I'm taking up my time. Boy, I bought the tune on y'all a minute ago. Ain't it all right? <laughs> oh, Lord. Luke chapter 4. Come on. Anybody else, else that hear God found you in the gutter? Tell the truth. <laughs> Your Bible says in Hebrews that he saves to the uttermost. Uttermost. He finds you in the gutter, but he saves you to the uttermost. to Jesus as I was, weary, wounded, and sad, but I found in him a resting place, and he has made me glad. Ah, oh, Jesus. Ah, oh, Jesus. I receive. I receive. All right, Luke 4. Let's get on. Let's get on about this business here. <laughs> See, people, people come to church and they don't, they don't, they don't want to come to church because they, you know, they think everybody at church, you know, they, you know, they, they always had it together. Ain't nobody always had it together. All kind of church myths that's going to send people to hell because they believe the church myths. Luke 4, y'all there? All right, now remember these people, they were serving Pharaoh in Egypt, representing Satan, the world system, but they were still God's people. So what God did was God had to send Moses down as a deliverer to bring them out. Now if they chose to stay, that was on them. The deliverer came. Am I right about it? So, just like that, when Jesus Christ came, he came as our deliverer. The Bible prophesied in Moses' day there were, that God raised up another prophet like Moses. It was Jesus. Well, he came as our deliverer. So that means now you can be free. But if you want to stay serving Egypt, Pharaoh, Satan, your choice. But the deliverer came. Right? All right, Luke chapter 4, this is about Jesus Christ. I shared this with you on, on, uh, on uh, the other day about how Satan will help, pe help people be successful if they'll keep serving him. Right? Isn't that right? I gave you an example about the casino. Everybody say casino. casino. Everybody say lottery. lottery. All right. <laughs> I just want to make sure y'all don't pretend like they don't exist. And I told, showed you about how every once in a while somebody has to hit. Somebody has to win. Because if nobody ever won, everybody would stop playing. 
So the devil has to make sure somebody hits, somebody wins, because that draws all the other people to come on in and play. All right, so same thing throughout all society. If the devil, in order to make his gig look good, look attractive, he has to help some people succeed. That's how he works. So he'll do that for anybody as long as they keep serving him. He'll make great offers. I gave you this. Look, look at Luke chapter 4, verse 5. Luke chapter 4 and verse uh, 5. Y'all there? Then the devil taking him. This him is Jesus. So the, the devil took Jesus up in, on a high mountain showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Verse 6, the devil said to him, all this authority I will give to you or give you and their glory. That glory is talking about the substance, all the possessions, right? He says, for this has been delivered to me and I give it to whomever I wish. That's interesting now. So the devil knows he can give people whatever he wants to. He knows that. Jesus Christ didn't say, oh, you a liar. This is, this is true. This is true. When Adam gave it up, he gave it up to Satan. Right? So notice what he's doing. He's offering Jesus Christ uh, enormous success. But watch the condition. He said, I'll give all it to you. He said, give it to whomever our wish. Verse 7. Therefore, therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. King James, it says, if you'll worship me. If you'll worship me or serve me, he says, all this, I'll, I'll make you number one on the charts. I'll make your record go off. I'll, I'll make your video, I'll, I'll make your YouTube video get 40 million hits. I'll take you all into the NFL and you'll have a... Now, I'm not, I'm not picking people in the NFL because they're solid Christians in there. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about if you choose that deal, the devil will make you successful. But the condition is... See, the devil always has strings attached. <laughs> the devil always has strings attached. And so he's going to offer that. Now, watch... Remember he said, just worship before me. Now watch how Jesus Christ responds in verse 8. Jesus answered and said to him, get behind me, Satan. Not today, Satan. <laughs> he said, get behind me, Satan, for it is written. Notice, notice how he responds. It is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. So what, thank you, D. So what he understood was, for me to worship before you and, and receive all this stuff, I'd have to serve you. And he said, no, no, I can't do that. Because it is written that you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. So here's a new, little news flash. Everybody listening? Every man, woman, boy, and girl listening? Everybody looking up? Get off your cell phones. Look at me. Look at me. You are either serving God or serving Satan. 
are either serving God or you're serving Satan. There's no middle ground. There's no, there's no, you, you know, I was telling my wife, I said it's funny because, you know, I grew up, we always just say this, people still say today that people, people are straddling the fence. They're straddling the fence. Got one foot in and one foot out. No, no, they don't. There's, there's no fence. You can't have one foot in and one foot out. No, you're not. How do I know? Because Matthew 6, verse 24 says, something, says so. Get Matthew 6, verse 24 on the screen, please. Get Matthew 6, verse 24. Can y'all read? Can you read? All right, I want you to read it for me. Ready? Read just the first line. Ready? Go. All right. Bam. No one can serve two masters. Who can? No one. And it says no one can. It didn't say no one should. It said no one can, which means there is not even an ability. There's not even a possibility that a person can actually be serving two masters. So, so you can't be straddling the fence. I'm trying to make it plain here. You, you can't, ha can't be one foot in and one foot out. You are either serving God or you're serving Satan. Ask him, hey, but whose side are you on? Whose side? Who's... Come on, ask him. Look him right eyeball to eyeball. Look him eyeball to eyeball. Whose side are you on? I want to know whose side you're on today. Because if you ain't on the Lord's side, you need to get over the Lord's side this day. Before you walk out of this room, I want you over on the Lord's side. I want you playing any games. In other words, so there's a, there's a, a serious line of delineation, a demarcation. There's a, a, a serious difference line, let's put it in plain, between who you serve and in fact, it's in, it's in Malachi. Glory to God. Woo-wee. Y'all give me a few more. Malachi, Malachi. Come on, Malachi. Hey. <laughs> Malachi 17. Oh, I'm sorry, 317. Y'all looking for 17, weren't you? <laughs> Y'all are like, passing you to go back to school. Ain't no, ain't no, ain't no 17. Malachi 3.17. They shall be mine, said the Lord. They shall be mine, said the Lord. We used to sing that song in this church. Says the Lord of hosts, on the day that I make them my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spares his own son who? Who what? Verse 18. Then you shall again discern between, come on, and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. So God says, I'm making a difference. Okay? Glory to God. Glory to God. Everybody say glory to God. The, you know, the beautiful thing about it is, if you're, if you're across the fence, God, Jesus said, uh, I'm the door of the sheep. Every fence needs a gate. Jesus said, I'm the gate. 
Come on in. You don't have to stay over there. Come on in. That's why he's got me preaching this to you today. Glory to God. Glory to God. So you can't serve two masters, Matthew 6, 24. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. So you cannot serve God and mammon. Is that right? How do y'all know it's right? Because the Bible says so. Very good, class. All right? Now, so here's what we got to do. Joshua 24, verse 15. I grew up with this. Man, my dad used to preach this scripture all here. And I, I'm just going to paraphrase it put it in my own words. Joshua 24, 15. Choose you this day whom you will serve. And then, but as for me in my house. Oh, did, did he say choose there? Did he say choose? Yeah, he said choose, didn't he? Which means you can't be on the fence. You got to choose. Come on now. Is this making sense to you? Demetri, you understand this? Good, I want to make sure. I want to make sure all the kids good. I'm going to make it plain to you now. I'm going to make it plain like this, Annie. Back in the day when Mac was trying to Mac you. When Deacon Mac, Mac the Knife, was running his Mac game. <laughs> hey, baby, this sugar man. Right? He's doing all that stuff. <laughs> What's your name here? <laughs> if you had found out that Mac was Macking you, and Mac and Susie, and Mac and Jenny, and Mac and everybody else, would you be with Mac today? No. You would have said, Mac, you got to choose, honey. Choose ye this day. Right? And then if he said, well, baby, I'm, I'm on the fence. Am I right about it? Yeah. Is this clear to you here? Yeah. So you're not going to mess around somebody there on the fence? Straddling. Straddling the fence. One for the end, one for the out. No, don't be going out with home, girl, and then come home and I got to cook you a hot meal. No, 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 no. Now choose, honey. <laughs> choose life. <laughs> choose, choose life, honey. Choose life. Right? That's good. That's good. Choose life. Well, you and your seed may live. <laughs> so God is no different. Right? God doesn't say, well, it's okay if you, you know, straddle the fence, you want for the end, one for the out. No, he said, I'm going to make sure I make a difference. So everybody clearly knows who's serving and who's not. So that's why he said here, choose this day whom you will serve. He talked about choose whether you're going to serve the gods that your father served on the other side of the flood, where you're going to serve. Everybody trying to go back with all the African gods now. All our cousins, aren't they? They're trying to go back and get all in, all in the trap, watching all the African god videos. And you, and you know you got to smoke weed to get that because you start. Mighty ISIS, 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 all that kind of crazy stuff. Come on now. 
I got the third eye. Now they all talking about this kind of, I got the third eye. Choose you this day. Who you going to serve? But that's for me in my house. We're going to serve the Lord. All right, so you can't, you can't do both. How much time I have left? All right, I got a few more minutes. A few more minutes. All right, now, so when people serve Satan, they end up trapped in darkness. Is that right? But you and I have been anointed, oh, Jesus, to bring people out of darkness. I want you to turn your Bibles to Luke 42. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Please apologize. I apologize. Isaiah 42. Isaiah 42. There is no 42 of Luke, right? My wife's going to ask me, what's wrong with you, honey? You just call these chapters that don't exist. Isaiah 42. I'm, I'm hyped up. Isaiah 42. I want you to, you to see that you're anointed to do something here. Okay? You have an assignment. Isaiah 42, verse 5. Glory to God. Thus says God the Lord, who created, so anybody got any questions about this stuff, God the Lord created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread forth the earth and that which comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it, and spirits of those who walk on it. Right? Verse 6. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness and will hold your hand. I will keep you, protect you, glory to God, and give you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the Gentiles. Now, when you see this in the Bible, you see this, the the why and you and you those there is capitalized it, because it's a prophetic word about Jesus Christ who's going to come some centuries later after this, this is written. But remember, remember now, we're in Jesus Christ and we're carrying on the ministry of Jesus Christ by the Holy Ghost. Right? So what, what applied to him applies to you. Okay? So when he says, I've called you, uh, you can put in your name here. I remember, boy, I remember it was a few years back. I'm, I'm going probably about about uh, eight years ago, about eight years ago, I was in Columbus, Ohio, and I was sitting in uh, meditating the word of God, man, just you know, praying and spending time with God. And, man, the word, this, this became so alive to me. Whew. What I mean, what our assignment is here. I want you to see this. He says, verse 6, I, the Lord, I have called you in righteousness. And will hold your hand. That, that, boy, that brought comfort to me, Sister Hattie. He's going to hold my hand. Glory to God. He says, and I will keep you, take care of you, and give you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the Gentiles. Now watch verse 7. Here's what you're empowered to do, at least. To open blind eyes. I wish I had three more yeses at least. To this is what you are empowered to do, ladies and gentlemen. Spiritually and physically, to open blind eyes. Now watch this part here. This is what blessed my socks off in Columbus. He said to bring out prisoners from the prison. You're anointed to bring prisoners. Remember now. Remember now. They belong to God, but they're trapped. They're in prison. They're in bondage. But you're anointed. Everybody say I'm anointed. 
You're in order to bring the prisoners out from the prison, those who sit in darkness from the prison house. Everybody has a prison ministry. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. Everybody has a prison ministry. Everybody has a prison ministry. Now, that doesn't mean you necessarily have time to go to 49th Street or go to Chatter. Uh, no, nah, I don't know where all the prisons are. Uh, uh, Everglades and Hardy Correctional Institute and Stark and all that. You, you know, Rayford. Seems like all our folk go to Rayford. You, you, but when you go to work tomorrow, that's prison ministry. Thank you, Mom. I appreciate you. When you go to work, when y'all go to school, that's prison ministry. Some of y'all, when y'all go home, yeah, can I get an amen? <laughs> Some of y'all, when y'all go home, that's prison ministry. I don't know why he keep acting like that. He's, he's in prison. She's in prison. She's sitting in darkness in the prison house. Oh, they might be walking around. They on, what, what you call that when you, uh, house arrest. House arrest. <laughs> I mean, they got a monitor bracelet on, ankle, ankle bracelet. You just can't see it. But spiritually, there's an ankle bracelet. They can only go so far. Where you been? The devil want to know where you been. And, and you know that ankle bracelet, when they're wearing that ankle bracelet, I'm talking about spiritually now, spiritually. When they, when they wear that ankle bracelet, bracelet, he don't give them authority to come to church. He'll let, them go, he'll let them go to the store. He'll let them go to the football game. But they go and say, hey, uh, Mr. Mr. Master, Master, can I go to church? Oh, no, he's going to give them every reason. No, all they want is your money. Don't go to church. They's all hypocrites in there. Don't go to that church. What, what they don't understand is that's just that ankle monitor. Because ain't none of that stuff true. But, that's, but that's, the, that's the master of the prison. That's the warden telling them, oh, you can't go on over there. But you and your Holy Ghost feeling on itself, you go right where they are. And you're going to bring them out of prison. Glory. God, is this helping anybody here? Jesus, thank you, Lord. I love the word of God. To open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the prison, those who sit in darkness from the prison house. I don't care how educated they are. You know, people have doctorate degree, and they still, they in bondage. People, you know, people right now, deep are freaking out with all their education because the flu vaccine is not working. They are freaking out. The flu, and they, now I heard on the news the other day, they tell everybody, you should all in America start wearing masks everywhere. That way, you won't spread the flu and you won't catch the flu because you're wearing your mask. That's a trap. That's bondage. How you gonna kiss your boo with a mask on? 
bondage. Ladies and gentlemen, it's bondage. It's bondage to fear. They're trapped in it. You, do you understand how free you are? Don't you want everybody else to be that free? Don't you want everybody else to be that free to not always be on red alert about everything? To know you're hedged in by the power of God. You're blessed. You're covered. You're, you're always being satisfied by the goodness of God. To always know, boy, that at any moment of Jesus Christ should come, I ain't got to be, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. No, I'm going up with him. Glory to God. All right. Luke 4. Luke 4. I'll finish all this next week. Well, I'm just saying. I don't know what I'm going to finish next week. Luke 4, verse 16. No, I'm going to go right to verse 18. I'll shave off 30 seconds. Look, look at verse, verse 18. This is the Spirit of the Lord being, this is Jesus Christ announcing the anointing that's on him that he discovered in Isaiah 61, okay? Now, remember now what I told you, you're in Christ, he's in you, so everything that he's anointed for, you are anointed for, right? The Bible says Christ in you, the hope of glory, okay? So when, I, when you and I read this, we can read this as our personal mission statement, Right? Right? Okay, I want to make sure. Okay. Okay. So the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Everybody say me. Me. Okay. Because he has anointed me. Everybody say I'm anointed. I'm anointed. To preach the gospel to the poor. Everybody. Everybody you're preaching the gospel to the poor. I don't care about whether you got a clergy call or not. You can preach the gospel to the poor. You can preach the gospel. We read it, I think, was it this morning or yesterday, yesterday uh, in our reading for the fast about how it was yesterday, Acts chapter 8, right? And Acts chapter 8 talked about how when all the uh, believers were scattered, the Bible says they all went everywhere preaching the word. Except the apostles. That means the preachers weren't the ones doing the preaching. It was all the people were the ones doing the preaching. Tell your neighbor you're a preacher. Tell them, tell, come on, y'all, help me out. Tell them you're a preacher. Tell them, now go preach. You have something to say. You have something to say. Say it, open your mouth. You got it? Okay, so I'm going to preach the gospel to the poor. Oh, I got to hurry up. Um, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To heal the brokenhearted. To heal the brokenhearted. You know, people have broken hearts. People have been through so much. To proclaim liberty to the there it is again. And recovery of sight to the blind. There it is again. Spiritually and physically. That means you're anointed to deal with spiritual and physical problems all the time. Glory to God. And if you stick with me long enough, you'll have the same anointing I have to deal with financial problems. I'm talking about you to deal with other people's financial problems. You understand there's a financial anointing. So you'll have an anointing that you carry on your life to administer to people's financial problems. It's all covered in here. 
to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. All right. Man, I didn't get anywhere near where I wanted to get to. But let me just say this. Verse 18, again, I showed you, 18 is the, is the biblical number of bondage or the end of bondage. All right, I showed you that in Luke 13 where that woman with the issue of blood, she was delivered, right, after 18 years. Okay? <clears throat> now, I want to go to this last place here. Let's do, let's do that. I told you that, I think I gave you this word, uh, hafeka, H2018, which is, in the Hebrew language, the 2018th word is hafeka. I think y'all should have that, hopefully, somewhere in, in, in the system, um, which literally means to overthrow or overturn. So this year we're in, is a year of everything being overthrown and overturned, okay? Now, now what God is doing is he's overturning all the world stuff. That's why the flu vaccine is not working. You hear me, ladies and gentlemen? Hear me, ladies and gentlemen? They are freaking out. CDC, Center for Disease Control, they don't know what to do about it. Because not only is the vaccine not working, they're also running out of Tamiflu which is their primary treatment for the flu. And people are dying. They, in fact, they keep running stories, or you watch it online, they watch the stories of people who are healthy. I mean, they keep showing these stories of, of runners who get hit with the flu two days later, they're dead. And they're freaking out because all their stuff, all their ideas, all their wisdom is falling apart. But that's man's wisdom. And eventually it's all gonna fall apart. That's why the finance world, it's all falling apart. Oh, read it. I told you. I read, read the money section of MSN all the time. And they, they, I, they had an article yesterday or Friday or was about how um, other nations are capitalizing on the fact that the dollar is failing right now. You better check out what's going on in your world. The dollar. You know that, that little thing that what, what we all go to work for, everybody depend on, oh, the mighty dollar? is failing and is losing its value rapidly. And other nations are trouncing on it. They're pouncing on it, rather. Oh, my God, the dollar's failing. Because if the dollar fails, what you got? See, and the things that the world has depended on, and if the church hadn't been careful, we've been dependent on, too, is all failing. Just like he said it would. Remember he said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word shall stand forever. So the word has not been failing. The word is just getting stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. So everything's being overthrown. Now, okay, let me finish this up here. So H2018, the 2018th word in the Hebrew language, that's not H is for Hebrew, is hafeka, which means overturning or overthrow. So that's what's happening right now. Now, I want to show you that word where it is first seen in the Bible. Okay? And let's go over, to, please, to Genesis, and Genesis chapter 19. And uh, in the story in Genesis 19, you see where God is getting ready to go in and uh, tear up Sodom and Gomorrah. Right? But the only reason why God had to hold back was because uh, Abraham 
that was like trying to deal with God. Hey, if I can find 50 people, will you save it? God, yeah, okay, I'll save it. Okay, if I find 40, will you save it? Yeah. If I find 20, will you save it? Yeah. If I can find five, yeah. I'll save it. If I can find one, yeah. I'll, okay, God said I'll save it. But eventually, God's like, all right, time's up. So God sends his angels. They're going to go in, and they're going to set fire to the whole, the whole region. Right? Y'all listening? Everybody listening? But there's a man... In, in Sodom, named Lot. Lot, L-O-T, is Abraham's nephew. He's connected to Abraham's blessing by association. So although God is going to destroy Sodom, he can't, he's not willing. He remembers his friend Abraham. and says, I can't destroy him with all this. So let me, let's just read this one verse. I told you all that so we can just read one verse, all right? Genesis 19, verse 29. Genesis 19, verse 29. I'm almost done. Y'all, y'all stay awake. Come on, more minutes. Genesis 19, verse 29. And it came to pass, can y'all read? When God destroyed the cities of the plain, that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the hafekah. When he hafekahed, the cities in which Lot had dwelt. Do you see that? So the Bible calls this a hafekah, an overthrow. So, but God sent Lot out of the midst of it. So Lot was living in it. Lot was in the middle of it. But God said, before I destroy it, before I overthrow it, before I let it all go down, I'm going to pull the friend or the relative of my covenant man out of it so he's not affected by it. You got that? Now, why is that important? Because God has been sending prophets, men of God, like myself and many others across this world to warn the people of God, to preach to the people of God. Come out from among them and be separate, said the Lord. Come out of that because that's all failing and God is about to overthrow all of it but you and I don't have to go down with it. Tell your neighbor it's about to go down but you don't have to go down with it. Tell somebody else it's all about to go down but I'm not going down with it. That baby about to burn. It's about to go down. But I'm not going down with it. God's got his hand on me. God's got his hand on me. And I'm not going down with the throwdown. So he brought him out. He brought him out. He brought him out. So God is already overthrowing all of man's systems. He's already overthrowing all of man's wisdom. He's already overthrowing man's philosophies. So what's the key? We must obey God's voice. Are y'all listening to me? I need every person in this room right now listening to me. Every person. Every person. You got to hear God's voice in this time. You got to hear God's voice like you never have. And don't say, I can't hear God's voice. No, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. So if you're one of his sheep, now, you got to be one of his sheep. Now, he didn't say my people. He said my sheep right here. If my sheep hear my voice, she's sheep of followers. So you, you got to be just more than a people. You got to be a follower. So if my sheep hear my voice. So when you hear his voice and he gives instruction, you follow the instruction. Which means if he says 
uh, stop. Y'all not hear me. If you hear his voice, and he, see, the Bible says warning never comes, I'm sorry, warning always comes before destruction. Warning always comes before destruction. Warning comes before the overthrow. How do I know? Go back, go back to verse uh, 16. Go back to verse 16, the same, same chapter here. Okay, the angels that come in to get Lot out. Lot was him hawing, half-stepping. Right? So watch what the Bible says in verse 16. And while he, this is Lot, while he lingered, while he was him hawing, shucking and jiving, messing around, the men took hold of his hand, his wife's hand, and the hands of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful to him, and they brought him out and set him outside the city. So the angels had to force him out. Get out of here, man. We're about to tear this whole thing up. What I'm saying to you is, don't make God have to do that to you. If he says stop, stop in your tracks. If God says stay, don't go. If he says leave, get up out of there. You might be sitting in school. Listen to kids. You might be sitting in school one day, and the overwhelming voice of the Lord might come to you and say, hey, leave right now. Now, I'm not talking about you going to play hooky. I'm talking about the voice of the Lord. Listen to me. I'm serious. I'm serious. And almost every week, there's a school shooting somewhere. If he says leave right now, then you get up and say, teacher, excuse me, I have to go right now. If they say, oh, no, I got to go right now. Boom, you leave. You planning on getting on a plane, and you, some inside say, hey, don't get on this plane. Hey, don't, don't, get on that, don't get on this plane. I paid for this ticket. No, 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 no. He said, don't get on this plane. Then don't get on that plane. Don't go to that party. That ever happened to anybody even before you got saved? Tell the truth. Before you got saved, you heard the Lord. You, heard, you said, I heard something say, something say. It wasn't something. It was somebody. It was the Lord. Saving you even, even when you didn't know him. Said, don't go to that party. And the next day, the two-day lady heard, oh, did you hear what happened at that party? Yep, he saved you. So while the overthrow was going on, you got to hear God. All right, can I give you one last place? All right, I want to show you one last place here. Okay, because I want you to understand this, how much God loves you. That... Because God knows what happens if you serve Satan and you, you're left in that condition, he knows the destruction. He knows what comes out of that. God will allow things to fall apart in your life. Now, I didn't say he'll do it. I said he'll allow things to fall apart in your life so that you, oh, wait a minute. So that you're dealt with here on this little small level than to be eternally dealt with. Am I right about it? Okay, let's look at one last scripture here. This is it. First Corinthians and chapter 5. First Corinthians and chapter 5. First Corinthians chapter 5. 
and verse 1. And let's go right to the Living Bible. How about that? The Living Bible. 1 Corinthians 5, verse 1. We're going to go through verse 5. Glory to God. This is Paul talking to the church at Corinth. He says, everyone is talking about the terrible thing that has happened there among you. Something so evil that even the heathen don't do it. He says, you have a man in your church who is living in sin with his father's wife. Y'all understand the scenario? Y'all understand that? He, he, he get, getting freaky with his stepmama. Okay. This is, just, this is what it is. He's living in sin with his father. This is not his mother. His father's wife. You understand that? Okay. So, now let's, let's, let's do this. Before we pick on that man, and the Bible didn't even give his name. But before we pick on him, understand the Bible didn't give his name. So since he doesn't have a name, this could be any one of us. Got it? That way we don't pick on him and then not look at ourselves properly. Got it? All right. So let's look at verse 2 now. And are you still so conceited? He's talking to the church. So spiritual? Why aren't you mourning in sorrow and shame and seeing to it that this man is removed. Come on, say it again. This man is what? Removed. removed from your membership. Put them out of the church? Yes. For, for doing that? Yes. Oh, the church, the church being judgmental. No, watch. Let's keep reading. Put them out of your membership. Verse 3. Paul says, although I'm not there with you, I've been thinking a lot about this. And in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I have already decided what to do. Just as, I, just as though I were there. Verse 4, you are to call a meeting of the church. Uh-oh, we're going back old school now. <laughs> call a church meeting. He says, and the power of the Lord Jesus will be with you as you meet. Remember, if any two or three of you are gathered together in my name, I'm there in the midst of you. That's what Matthew uh, 18 talks about this right here. We carry it out. And I will be there in spirit. Verse 5. Now here's, here's a kicker. Y'all ready? Let's read it together. Ready? Go. And cast out this man from the fellowship of the church and and into Satan's hands. Come on, keep going. To what? Why? Keep going. In the hope that in the hope that his soul will be saved when our Lord Jesus Christ returns. Is that pretty plain? In other words, he says, put him out there. Let, 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 him out, let, let him out there where the devil can really whoop him up. Let him out there where the devil can put him back in hard bondage where he's now serving with rigor, where he start going through. But it's not that we want him to be this, this bard and go to hell. This is trying to save him from hell. So Paul is showing the heart and intent of God that I'll let you go through all kind of mess in you. I'll let your life fall apart. 
Because this is what's going to happen to this man. When, when the devil gets his hand on you, your life is going to fall apart. But he said, I'll let that happen that in the hope that his soul. Because when you got there and you get tired of the devil whooping all upside your head, you say, man, wait a minute. What, <laughs> what am I doing? Let me, let me get my natty tail back in the house of God. Let me get, start serving God correctly, properly. Right? Is that, is that, that's, that's ever happened to anybody? Come on, tell the truth. You ain't got to raise your hand real high, but tell the truth. You, you kind of, you, you were walking with God, but then you got out there, got out there, and then the, the devil started, oh, and then you said, oh, let, let me get, I, you know you need, need your butt back in church. You know you need to get your butt back in church. Some of y'all sitting there right now, you're visiting. You know you need to get your butt back in church. And stay there. This is the hope. That in the hope that your soul will be saved when our Lord Jesus Christ returns. He's coming. He's coming. But God's love is so much so that he doesn't want anybody lost. He wants everybody saved. And that's a drastic move right there, isn't it? But sometimes drastic times call for drastic measures. And God will allow that because he wants the soul saved. He wants the soul saved. Here's what I want you to walk away with today. That, just like we read in Genesis 19, 29, that overthrow is, is happening. I don't even have to say it's going to happen. It's happening all around us. But God loves you so much. He sent me here, or he sent somebody to you to snatch you out of that. So you don't go down when it all goes down. And it is going down. Don't deny it. It's going down. But God loves you so much. He sent Jesus Christ, his son, to die on the cross. We know that. Jesus Christ shed his own blood, gave his own life, so that you and I wouldn't have to die in our sin. He went down, the Bible says he went down even into hell. He took all the whipping, all the punishment, all the agony of hell for three days. So you and I don't have to. He went through all that mocking, all that shame, so you and I don't have to. And all we got to do is call out to him. And we'll be saved. Every head bowed. Every eye closed. We're getting ready to pray. Father, I thank you today for the word that has gone forth. I thank you, Lord, that each person who's heard the word, their hearts have been receptive to the word. That they've not ignored it. They have not just despised it, but they have received the word with meekness, which you said is able to save our souls. And so, Father, I know that, God, your word says every soul is yours, but you want every soul saved. You want every person to know the glorious liberty of being a child of God, to know the love that's unconditional, to know the peace that passes all understanding, to know what it's like to be in the family of God. So, Father, I pray for each person in this room today, especially those who are not saved, that today every bondage of the enemy is broken. That those who are in darkness in the prison house, today 
We declare they'll, they'll be free. We declare they'll be free. You said, Lord, we've been anointed to proclaim liberty to the captives. So today we proclaim every captive is free in this place today in the name of Jesus. So, Father, as we make this invitation, I pray that by your spirit, you would draw anyone and everyone who's not born again into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. That today will be their day that they come out of prison and live free and be free indeed. We thank you for the word. Thank you for our anointing. Thank you for our calling. Thank you, Lord, that we are influencers on this planet and that, God, we are part of reaching this great harvest of souls with Jesus Christ. Thank you for it. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Everybody, everybody stand to your feet. If you're in this place and you are, you recognize